Welcome to RLA's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy week four in our new series, Non-Negotiables, by Pastor Renee Molina. And so I, I want to I keep going with this series called Non-Negotiables, and today's week four. And so I'm, I want us to pray, and then we're going to dive right in. Uh, God, we just thank you for everything you're doing today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the goodness that you show us, either obviously or subtly, God. And we just ask that you may continue pushing us forward, God. Those of us that we easily get depressed, God, I just ask that you may push us, God, and send people right on time to push us. And God, we just thank you for what you're doing in our city. We thank you for the good. Um, God, we also pray for those in our city that are, 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 are in life-threatening situations. We ask you, God, to protect them, protect um, uh, everybody in our city. We love our city. We just ask that you bless LA always. In your name we pray. Amen. So I want to I want to start off by just introducing the series. Um, if you've been keeping up uh, with the series, this the first few minutes is is kind of review. But I, I I've been wanting to talk about this these, this idea of non negotiables, and too many times we have too many negotiables in our life. We have too many things open for discussion. And there are actually things in our lives that we need to have strong. We need to have convictions. We need to have things that we are sure about. Like, for example, a building without foundations is a shaky building, right? Um, it's funny because there's houses that if you have a crack on your foundations of, uh, of your house, like, you're, it, it puts everything in danger. And so um, foundations are so, so crucial. I think you have foundations without knowing it. Your name is a foundation. Can I get an amen? amen. What, do you, what do you have to do to change your name? Like you have to go through this long process to change your name, right? What other non-negotiable do you have? Maybe your job? Do you, like, is it open to discussion to go to work? Yes or no? Really? No, okay, there we go. I was like, okay, I hope not. <laughs> no, of course not. Like, it's not open to discussion. Is it open to discussion to spend quality time with your loved ones? I hope not, you know. There's certain things that you need to have down no matter what. Is it open to discussion that part of your paycheck goes to the rent or to whatever you pay for your house, your mortgage? Like, of course not. It's like, duh. It's, it's like a for sure thing. And in the same way, our lives need to have non-negotiables. Our lives need to have foundations. If not, they are shaky. If not, everything shakes and trembles. If you want to know the non-negotiables of this church, you could go to the website RLA's DNA, and you could see what our basic beliefs are, what our non-negotiables are. And so I want to recap the, what we've been covering. So the first week, we were talking about uh, our, our belief and trust in God. That's a non-negotiable. I wanted to be clear, we love atheists. I, I love atheists. Um, I have atheist friends. Um, um, I, I love atheists. But one of our non-negotiables in this church is our belief and trust in God. You know, uh, second thing is we spoke about the Trinity and that's a non-negotiable. And I love it because at this church, we don't just talk about abstract ideas. We talk about what these ideas have to do with our everyday lives. 
And something we said about the Trinity is that the Trinity is a model on how we are to do life. That even though there's three different people, we could still stay in harmony and united. How many know that our society needs to rediscover the model of the Trinity? Because nowadays we're so divided. We're so divided. But if we would learn from God that God is a community of three different people, yet they are perfectly one, it'll be a game changer. And then last week we spoke about who is Jesus. And we said he's the perfect balance to our life. You remember that? Uh, He's the perfect savior. And then we said that third, he's the perfect model. And so today, I'm, actually, I'm super, super excited to share with you that the, uh, the most important message of Jesus, and it's the kingdom message. According to Bible nerds, actually, the kingdom of God, the kingdom message was Jesus' most central message. It was the thing he constantly brought up to different people. I don't know if you know, did you know that the Martin Luther King Jr. speech, the I Have a Dream, did you know that wasn't something that was like, that, that's not the original speech for that day on, uh, on that memorial like on, in Washington, D.C.? He was actually giving that speech in different places where he would go speak. And he actually had a different speech in mind. And his team, while he was like get starting, they were telling him, hey, Dr. King, give him, give him the I have a dream speech. Give him the I have a dream speech. And so then he goes off and he says, I have a dream. And so kind of like that, I have a dream speech that was the constant message throughout his whole career and throughout his whole, all his speaking places. That's kind of how the kingdom message was for Jesus. It's the most central message. And so, what is the kingdom? Is this, is this game of throat? Like, what is this, like, abstract idea of the kingdom? What is it? So I want to tell you, the kingdom of God is, the, what it is, it's, it's anywhere God is moving. That is the kingdom of God. Wherever God is moving, that is the kingdom. So wherever you see justice being exercised, that's God's kingdom. Wherever you see marriages being restored, God's kingdom has arrived. Whenever you see somebody get out of debt or somebody get out of financial ruin, the kingdom of God has arrived. You following me? Whenever somebody has cancer and they get healed, the kingdom of God just arrived at them. Whenever there's confusion in somebody or in somebody's family, the kingdom of God just got there. So wherever God is moving, that's the kingdom. You following me? Tell the person next to you, the kingdom of God is close to you. Exactly. So just before we start, two important things. I'm so excited. Man, I really do feel this is going to be a game changer for many of you. I do want to share two things just before we go on this ride, you know, like, you know, you get in Disneyland and everything. Um, They tell you things before, you know, keep your hands, arms, uh, and legs inside the vehicle. Um, So number one, I do want to tell you, number one, God's kingdom is bigger than his church. Really important. Because some people, they're, they're like, I want to go to this country, and I want to take God there. Like, I'm sorry, like, I didn't know God had to ask you for permission before doing stuff in that country. You following me? Like, God's already doing something everywhere. He's just waiting for people to join in on that plan. It's really important. And then secondly, 
We are God's ambassadors. We are ambassadors of that wonderful kingdom. So you got to keep in mind that. Wherever you go, whatever job you have, you're an ambassador of God's kingdom. Okay? So if you have a Bible, go to Matthew chapter 4. Oh, man, I'm excited for this. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And as you're looking for it, I want to just be clear. One of our fundamental, one of our foundations, one of our most important uh, pillars of this church is the kingdom message. It's God's movement in our society. I want to tell you something. We won't be satisfied until God's kingdom impacts our city. You guys following me? So Matthew 4, verse 12. This is the beginning of Jesus' career. He's just starting out. Matthew 4, verse 12. And it says, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. Nazareth, for you to have an idea, it's like saying our skid row, like L.A. skid row. Uh, Nazareth was his hometown. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum which was like the lake in area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And then from that time on, say with me from that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. All right. I want to talk to you first. I want to start by sharing with you what the ticket to enter God's kingdom is. There's a ticket you must have to enter God's kingdom. And can I tell you what that kingdom is? I mean, what that key is? It's an updated mentality. You cannot enter God's kingdom with an old mentality. So Jesus, what he was doing in the beginning of his career, he was setting the tone for the rest of it. He was starting his career by setting the tone. I don't know if I've shared this with some of you, but Kaylee and I, we wanted to set the tone. Can you say with me, set the tone? We wanted to set the tone by, and we decided not to have a TV the first year of our marriage. And uh, we decided not to have a TV because um, we, we loved it. We, we, we took a premarital class, and they recommended it to us. They told us, try not to have a TV in the beginning of your marriage because many times people get married, and what becomes the center of their marriage is the TV, and they can't have a discussion or talk or they can't be together without having the TV on. And, and we love the idea. And it's funny because whenever we wanted to watch a movie, it was like on my little like laptop. And we would like put it on like our little dresser. And, and I had like these little like portable speakers and we would put it. I, I would like, I would set it up, you know. Um, but we wanted to set the tone to not have the TV be the center of our quality time. You know what I mean? And so in, in the same way, like, for example, setting the tone is so important. Even in sports, setting the tone is so important. In a marriage, setting the tone is so important. In, in, in music, like the beat in the beginning sets the tone for the rest of the song, right? 
And so Jesus, what he was doing is he was setting the tone by saying, repent because the kingdom of God is near and it's coming and it's about to get here. But that word repent has so much baggage to it that we're like, ugh. Can I clarify what the word repent means? It's actually one of the most beautiful words in the Bible. And you know what it means? Religious people have messed it up and they made it look really bad. But the word repent, you know what it means? It means change your mentality. It doesn't mean cry. It doesn't mean hurt yourself. No, no, no. When God says repent, what he's saying is that you need to change your mind. You need to rethink the way you see life. You need to rethink love. You need to rethink marriage. You need to rethink singlehood. You need to rethink money. You need to rethink sex. You need to rethink life in general. And so what Jesus was saying is that if you want to be part of what God is doing in the world, you need to update your mentality. Tell the person next to you, you need to change your mentality. Exactly. You need to update the way you see things. Because can I tell you something? If you keep thinking the way you're thinking, you're never going to make progress in life. So can I tell you something? Before God changes your behavior, he wants to change your mind. Some people, they, 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 they're religious and they just want to change the symptoms. And God doesn't work like that. God works deeper. He's like, look, I could try to change your symptoms, but the problem here is you just need a new mentality. Because if you change your mentality, then you could really capture what I'm trying to do in your life. Some of you, you went through a very uh, a poor a material, like a financial rough season. And God's trying to take you to a time of abundance, but you still have the old mentality. Some of us, some of us are about to get married and you're still thinking like a single person. Let me, um, let me, what, what, what other thing can I share here? Now play. <laughs> Another, one of the definitions of the word repentance in the Bible, it means to change one's way of life as the result of a complete change of thought and attitude. So it's not just changing your mind, it's changing your attitude. How many know that your attitude sets the tone for the rest of your day? If you got a bad attitude, you're not going to get much out of your day. Even in class. If you have a bad attitude about the teacher or the professor, you're not going to get much out of things. But if you have the attitude and if you change your mentality and if you're, you're like, you know what? God's about to do something in my life and I need to get ready. Then get ready because you're going to get a lot. So if you want to enter God's kingdom, if you want to enter justice, if you want to enter a restored marriage, if you want to enter a, a secure single life, if you want to enter financial blessing, then you need to start changing your attitude and start changing your mentality. Because if not, you won't enter God's kingdom. Are you guys following me? It's like your phone. This thing that, like, is, like, some of us seems like we were born with it, you know? Your phone, there's certain apps that won't work on your phone until you update your phone, right? 
you need to update your phone so certain apps could work on it. In the same way, that's kind of how God, that's kind of how life works. If your software, if your mind is not updated, there are certain things that just won't work with you. If you don't update your mind, I would recommend you not getting married. Serious. If you don't update your mind, I recommend you not getting that promotion. Because that promotion, if you don't update your mentality, that promotion is going to destroy you. You following me? So God's not, well, you got to behave better. Oh, you got you to gotta stop doing this or stop doing. No, no, no. That's like second part. First, you need, to, you need to change your mind. If you have a Bible, can you go to Romans chapter 12? I want to show you this scripture that kind of hits, it's, it hits it right on the head of what we're talking about. And Romans 12, 1, 1 through 2, uh, two um, Evelyn, you're doing a great job, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, Paul writes, and he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, extraordinary and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then here we go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing and updating of your mind. Can you high-five the person next to you? You need to update your mind. Exactly. Wow, we're so encouraging. I love it. (laughs) All right, there's more. There's more. It says, by the renewing of your mind, and then it says, then after you renew your mind, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. The good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in other words, if you don't update your mind, you will never know what God's will is for your life. If you don't update your software up there, somewhere up there in your your head, you know, (laughs) if you don't update your mind, you won't be able to capture God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Can I tell you something? If you're not feeling God's good, perfect, and pleasing will, that's a sign that you have an old mentality. Are you guys following me? Can I say that again? If the season you are in in life right now, if it's not good, pleasing, or perfect, then you need to update your mind. Because God's will, whenever you're living in God's will, it's perfect, it's pleasing, and it's good. You need to rethink things. Kaylee and I, something we talk about, I was reading this book by a psychologist uh, for leaders. It's called Boundaries for Leaders. And you know what he said? It was so powerful. He said that positivity makes your brain work better. Negativity literally deteriorates your brain. Isn't that crazy? And so if you fill your mind with so much negativity, you're just damaging your brain. You're, You're damaging your mentality. And I'm not talking about this fake, you know, being positive and, you know, like, yeah, everything is awesome. You know, Lego movie. My little nephew was singing that song. and His own version, but he sings it. Um, it's not that kind of everything is awesome kind of mentality. No, the, the positivity is like, you know what? Everything's not awesome, but I'm going to get through this. 
That's the positivity God is looking for. Not a naive positivity, but a positivity that it builds your life. And so I just wanted to just say that. So one of our non-negotiables is the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom? It's wherever God is moving. And what's the ticket to enter? You got to change your mind. And so I want to start sharing the last part of today's message by telling you there's two kingdoms that we're all part of and that you have the choice to be a part of. And it's crazy because since the beginning in scripture, God has been summarizing life in two ways. Always, there's always two ways. If you remember the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge. You guys remember that? The Tower of Babel versus the life of Abraham. The tree versus dust in Psalm 1. Jesus' house on a rock or building your life on sand. Revelation, city of Rome versus the city of God. So God usually just summarizes our entire like life in two things. That's why I love God because he, he makes it simple sometimes. <laughs> and so what I want to do today, I want to give you a map on how to navigate the world that we live in. And so everywhere you go, whether at work, whether at school, whether at home, whether in your neighborhood, there's always two kingdoms that are functioning. You're either a citizen of one or a citizen of the other. And the first kingdom is the man-made kingdom. And it literally is (laughs) man-made. It's the man-made kingdom. And this kingdom is a kingdom and a system that functions and is founded on fear and selfishness. This is a kingdom that functions on fear and and selfishness. Selfishness. There's this this kingdom. How many know? let, Let me backtrack a little bit. You know what kingdom is functioning in a certain place when the people that are in authority are selfish. When they are being selfish, that is a man-made kingdom. That's not God's kingdom. Whenever, whenever people are functioning things over people, money over people, that's the man-made kingdom. The man-made kingdom is willing to sacrifice relationships for things. That's the man-made kingdom. It's a kingdom that is based on self-interest, on greed, on hatred, on ignorance. Sickness calls the shots in a man-made kingdom. So whenever you're wondering what kingdom is functioning here, just look at if, if if the people in authority are being selfish, you know which kingdom that is. There's this thing going on right now called careerism. It's actually in the dictionary. And it's this mentality that says, I'm willing to pursue my career at the expense of my best relationships. And you need to be careful with that mentality. Because that mentality will probably take you to have a mansion, but have no friends. That mentality will probably give you the most successful social media career, but have the most lonely life. That's a man-made kingdom. The Great Recession in 2008, that was a man-made kingdom, all for greed. It's funny because my wife, Kaylee, the most amazing, um, she's getting her MBA, and they literally say economists, professional economists are even saying that the essence and reason of the Great Recession was greed. 
Right, baby? Am I right? Man-made kingdoms. People getting greedy off the American dream of so many people. The second sign of a man-made kingdom is fear. Can I tell you something? Anything that is based on fear is not based on God. Whenever you're going to make a decision, and if it's a decision based on fear, that's not a God decision. And if it's not a God decision, it's going to mess you up. (laughs) Any phobia is not approved by God. Homophobia. Xenophobia. Um, Phobia of heights. (laughs) Phobia of spiders. (laughs) I'm getting close to that one. Any kind of phobia is not, and is is something not not approved by God. Leaders, parents, marriages that do life based on fear or control people based on fear is a man-made kingdom. Bullies are a man-made kingdom. I want to I wanna just give a shout-out to all the parents that don't parent based on fear. That don't parent based on, well, you know, if you do that, a train's going to come and hit you. Or, you know, if you do that, God's going to strike you down and, you know. And you parent based on fear. That's a man-made kingdom. But then there's another kind of kingdom, and this is the kingdom that we're about. And it's the God-made kingdom. And this kingdom is based on love and selflessness. I first want to just touch on love. God's kingdom is based on love. Not control, not fear. It's love. Gary Chapman says, Truly, someone that loves is someone that doesn't demand but requests. A kingdom that God makes is a kingdom where love thrives. Love towards God, love towards self, and love to those around you. Those three loves are interconnected. You cannot truly love God if you don't love people. You can't truly love people if you don't love yourself. These three pillars of love have to be in your life so that God's kingdom can just take over in your life. Some of you are trying to love others, but you don't know how to love yourself. And that's why you're having so much trouble loving people because you can't love yourself. There's a lot of Christians that they say they love God, but they mistreat people, and that is so anti the Bible. The Bible says, how can you say you love somebody you can't see when you can't even love somebody you do see? Love is the foundation to God's kingdom. It's it's everywhere. (laughs) And the second thing, and this is what I want to start closing today's message with, is that God's kingdom is based on selflessness. On behalf of our church, we want to thank you for listening to this week's message. RLA is a biblical grassroots church located in South Los Angeles. We are a community who is here to restore the hurting, anxious, and those discouraged by religion. We hope to have you back next week.